Hello, this is Michelle Donatian with Moments with Michelle. We're back for another segment of my life as I was sharing with you about health and food and my struggle with food addiction, making food an idol. And uh, maybe some of you can relate. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed uh, the first um, segment. And I'm new to this, so I'm still working on making it all nice and smooth, but um, I'm sp- I hope you understand and I hope you enjoy it. I hope it really touches a nerve in your life and touches your heart. You know, you can, um, I guess you can send messages here since I, like I said, I'm pretty new to this, so I think you can send messages on here. I know you can clap. I know that much. And uh, I think you can comment too. I'm so new. I'm just a babe here. But nonetheless, I'm enjoying this and, um, you know, you can always pull up a chair, tune in, get comfortable, relax. I'm coming to you from Delaware uh, in the United States on the East Coast. It's a beautiful sunny afternoon, um, maybe 75 degrees outside. I've got the windows in my office open and I am really looking forward to having a fun time with you guys today. And um, I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this. So what I was explaining to you before is we're going to just continue where I picked up at, where I left off. We're going to just pick right up. And as I was sharing with you, I talked about how I was, um, you know, I had idolized food um, and how my whole life I really did and I didn't know it. Uh, I wanted to be thin and my relationship with food was a very unhealthy relationship. And I fast forward here to the second part of the story, and and that's where I was pregnant. I gained 90 pounds because I thought that uh, I was going to gain weight anyway. Uh, The doctor or the nurse told me I wasn't allowed to exercise, and um, I was very sad when I went to the doctor, and he said, you're gaining a lot of weight. And I said, well, of course. They told me I can't exercise. And of course, he said, who told you that? That's not true. But at that point... You know, when you're pregnant, you can't begin a new exercise program. So, and I was a pretty avid exerciser. At that point, I had been, even though I had graduated from high school, I was going to college, and I would work out at that point for about three hours a day at the gym, you know, lifting weights, jogging, that kind of stuff. So I couldn't start a new program. So I was just, at that point, I felt like I was destined to be overweight. In my mind, at that moment, I called it fat. So I gained 90 pounds, I hit my daughter, I lost it all, I fit it back into my prom dress six weeks, literally six weeks after I gave birth, and uh, I was happy because I was thin again. And thin is what I thought meant happiness. I didn't know this at the time. Looking good to me meant happiness. I take it all the way back to You know, how I felt as a kid when those other children would make fun of me. And I'm sure there's some even deeper memory that I just don't even remember. But that's as far back as I can think about the first time that I began to um, think about what somebody else thought about the way I looked. And to me, my looks, my outward appearance validated me as a person. A lot of young girls out there can say the same thing. I know they either secretly feel it or somehow they feel the effects of that and maybe they don't even know how to put it into words. I certainly didn't at that time, but now I know. And you moms out there, and maybe you dads that are listening or you uncles or you aunts or your friends, grandmas, grandpas, really listen. You know, there are young girls who are inundated, inundated with so much out there in media. I grew up in the 80s. We didn't have the internet until I was... Well, my goodness, I didn't use the internet until I was a mother, until my daughter was a few years old. So we're talking like she was, uh, I think, 1997 or so. So I didn't have that problem, and I had enough with the people around me. But your daughters and your nieces and your even boys have some of the same problems, too. I can't speak from for a boy because I'm not a boy, never was a boy, but as a young girl... I can certainly tell you, you know, there's a lot of pressure out there to be perfect, to feel like you fit in, to feel like you are good enough when people tell you, 
you look beautiful or you're thin or or I think you're pretty. Those are the things that a lot of young girls are looking for. So really be on the lookout for that, you know, parents, aunts, uncles, grandpas, grandmas, um, you know, big sisters, big brothers, because these young girls today have got a lot of media, you know, screaming at them. And I don't even know what it would be like. You know, the Bible tells us that this world is waxing more evil and more evil. And that's one of the things that's evil. That's a lot of pressure to try to look like all these models um, every day. And they don't even realize that half of these models don't really look the way that they look in the online, you know? They're photoshopped and, you know, made to look different than they really are. They're not even as perfect as they look. They're not even as thin as they look in the on you know online on these platforms. But you know this is something for you to really think about, and I'm sharing with you because I know somebody out there. I know there are people out there who have felt like I did growing up, and I just want to share what God did in my life and how I got through it. And so there are people out there I know today who are going through this, and I got to tell you, the only answer is Jesus. There is. No other answer because this is an ugly, ugly thing. It was so bad, like I said, that I thought everything was perfect as long as people validated me, as long as I was thin. So fast forward, as I stopped in the last podcast, to you know an event that happened in my family. It was horrible, horrific, and there was so much pain. And you know, my family and I kind of separated, if you will. And something happened and I had to, you know, defend my daughter against the rest of my family. And I felt torn because I always thought family was everything. And um, you and I know any, any, any adults out there, you probably know, you know, sometimes your family is your worst enemy, unfortunately. Not for everybody, but it can happen. Families are not perfect. And mine certainly is not. And this was a, an example. This was the first big example I had ever really dealt with, I should say. I ignored a lot of things, but I didn't realize how much I ignored. This I couldn't ignore because I had a responsibility to my daughter. But it tore me up inside because my family's telling me one thing, you know, uh, like, you know, like <laughs> crazy stuff, but like it's them against her. And I'm a mom. I don't know about any of you. But Jesus had to deliver me from being a mean, mean, like bear of a mom. Back in those days, if you looked at my daughter the wrong way, I was ready to fight. Even as a young Christian, I would defend my daughter to the death. And it was really because of what went on in my family. But nonetheless, I knew it was my responsibility to defend her. And I did. But my family just couldn't see it. So... It was, it was a struggle. My daughter was a little girl. I wasn't married. I was a single mom, so I really didn't have any support. I felt I was a brand new Christian, and I thank God that I was a Christian. Let me tell you, I remember when I uh, this all unfolded, I remember literally crying out to God saying, <sighs> I remember it. I remember it poignantly driving home uh, from my parents' house that day that everything unfolded crying out to God saying, I can't believe I'm not falling away from you. But you see, the Holy Spirit was holding on to me. And that's what he'll do. He'll do that in our lives. The Bible tells us that he will draw us and then we will want to follow the Lord. Don't you know that it starts with the Holy Spirit choosing you first, then you choose him. If he doesn't quicken you, you can't even have a desire for him in your heart. So he was holding on to me, and I'm just so grateful because I really was surprised. And that was a, that was a horrific time in my life. But I was still a young Christian, and, and even some of us mature Christians, you know, we're human. We make these mistakes, and, you know, maybe you're going through something like this now, and maybe I don't want you to feel like, oh, well, I should know better. I'm not a baby Christian. No, you're human. So wherever you are in your life and that struggle, whatever that struggle is, maybe specifically it's food or maybe something happened in your family that, you know, you feel like is ripping you apart on the inside. Um, the Holy Spirit is still going to be there to comfort you, to be there for you. And you've got Jesus. He's closer than a brother. The Bible says it. And he'll defend you. 
So just know that and go to the word and go to the Lord and he will comfort you. So in those days, you know, to continue on with my story, I was very, very new. I mean, my daughter was four years old at that point in time and I had been a Christian for two years. No, one and a half years, one and a half years. So I got, became a Christian when she was two and a half years old. She was four years old at this point. So I was a Christian for one and a half years. And I was going to a church that I thought was great. You know, I was learning about fellowship. But I only read my Bible on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And some of you might know what I mean, where basically they had Sunday morning service. I would bring my Bible and I would read it then. Sunday night service and Wednesday night service. And that was good. And that's actually more than most of the country, but that's not enough. I didn't know that then. I know it now. And I share it with you. If that's the only time you open up your Bible, sister, brother, that's not enough. That's not enough to get through these problems that we have in life. But I was going to church and I just was having a rough time and I would eat and it would make me feel better. And I would eat and it would make me feel like I was worthwhile. And I was dealing with poverty. I was a single mom. I was poor and broke. And I wasn't tithing. And that was important because when you don't tithe, poverty will come in. Let me just tell you that now. When you don't tithe, poverty will come in because you're stealing what, is, what belongs to God. That's scriptural. And when I started tithing, all of a sudden, money began to flow in. And I'll share that with you on another time, but that is the truth. But at that time, I wasn't tithing, so of course I was poor. I couldn't figure out how to take care of things. And I was in a depression. So, you know, even if I knew how, it was almost impossible. I was in survival mode. So I would eat, I would buy things, like I would buy food, and it would make me feel like, like a better person. I can't say better person, but it would make me feel like I could handle things in life because that was my responsibility to take care of my daughter. And I felt like if I was eating, you know, and I had enough money to eat, then everything was good. I, I, I'm not putting it accurately into words, but let me think about that for a second. I think the best way to put it is I felt like buying food meant I was doing okay. And as long as I could buy food, then I was doing okay in my mind. Little did I know that that's not a healthy relationship with food but that's the way I was thinking. And so for years, I started gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. Remember, I had lost all the weight. I'd fit into my, you know, tiny size. I guess it was a size four dress uh, after I had my daughter. Well, at this point, I had ballooned to about 230 pounds. And I was 230 pounds for about 22 years, 22 years. 230 to 240 pounds, um, and I was overweight. And I was fairly healthy because I ate a lot of fruits and vegetables. My whole life of learning about health and fitness really did some good in my body because it kept me from probably having a heart attack. I mean, as big as I was, the doctors were always shocked and surprised at how good my numbers were, like my blood tests and my, blow, my blood pressure was you know, perfect and cholesterol, all those things were great. They were always shocked, but it was because I was eating fruits and vegetables along with all of the junk food. And um, you know, fruits and vegetables will heal your arteries. Um, look it up, it's definitely something. And another time I'll probably share about that. But uh, anyway, this is where I was for 22 years, eating to make myself feel better, pushing down the feelings, pushing down the feelings, pushing down the feelings. I would start to exercise. I would lose some weight and then it would all creep back up on me. I would start to exercise, lose some weight, and then it would creep back up on me. Because remember, I was an athlete. I wasn't just, you know, like your average everyday runner or walker. I was an athlete, so I knew what to do out there, and I studied. I mean, I studied the body and, you know, physiological things going on in the body. When I went to college, 
I didn't get a degree, but I, I majored in biology. So I knew a little bit about the body and the way things worked, and I knew a little bit about nutrition. I knew a lot more than most people, but clearly I didn't know enough. And um, anyway, so I would exercise, exercise, and then stop. Exercise and stop. And this went on. I would, you know, lose weight. I never believed in dieting. I knew enough after research to know that dieting never works. But I would say I'm going to eat healthy and exercise and it just wouldn't stick. And I began hearing, you know, about sugar from people talking about sugar is really bad for you. And I had an old friend. She was from Thailand. And she... She was. She had been backwards in a lot of thinking, so I didn't really believe everything she would say about health and fitness. But she was really thin. She really was. But I still wouldn't believe because a lot of the things she would say, she just really didn't have knowledge, and so I wouldn't believe her. But let me tell you, that woman knew something about sugar, and I would hear people talk about sugar, and I would think, oh, they don't have. They don't know what they're talking about. I mean, you know, my whole life I just knew. Losing weight was all about an equation. This is what I always thought. If you exercise and you expend more calories than you consume, then you lose weight, period. That's always what I believed. But I was wrong. I was so wrong. So fast forward to this time where I started learning a little bit about sugar. And I started doing some research because I thought, well, you know, I started seeing more and more things about sugar and organic food. And I watched a video called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. This is not, you know, I'm not getting any money for this, but I watched it. Now, it's not the best, but it kind of sparked something in me. This guy was like on, you know, so many medications. He was overweight, this Australian guy. I don't even remember his name, but the movie's out there. You can watch it. I don't recommend doing what he did. He did a fast and that's how he lost all the weight. But he changed the way he was eating. At least what he was fasting on was healthy stuff. And that was the good part of it. Just, you know, a liquid fast. That's not the way to, a liquid diet's not the way to lose weight. But um, it just sparked an interest in me. And I started doing a little more research. Then I found this video, this research that this doctor had done about people in China. He did this study. I want to say it was like a 40-year study that he did or something. And he found that in Asian countries, the poor people tended to be more healthy, which is not what we usually think because we think, you know, poor people, they don't... This was in Asia, and this was in this particular study. So, you know, this is not necessarily worldwide, and I'm not saying that poor people everywhere are healthy, but in this particular case, this segment of people that they looked at, the people who had less money didn't buy meat or fish because they couldn't afford it. So they bought, they would buy and eat mostly fruits and vegetables and rice and, you know, drink water, and this is what they would eat. And then their counterparts, the more wealthy counterparts, ate meats and fruits and vegetables. And, you know, I'm sure they drank wine. And they didn't talk about what they drank, but they, they, they specifically talked about meat. And in this research, they found that they were dying faster. They had a higher instance of high blood pressure and heart disease and deaths because of their diet than the people who ate only fruits and vegetables and grains. So they began to look at this correlation. And the doctor, if I remember correctly, the doctor who did this research, now I think he's like 99 years old or 97 years old, and he's a vegan. And if you don't know what a vegan is, a vegan is someone who does not consume any animal products, nothing. No, not even, no butter, no milk, no you know, uh, chicken broth, nothing, all, all plant-based everything. And this guy was vegan. And um, I was a vegan at one point, a long, long time ago. I was an unsuccessful vegan because I didn't really know how to eat properly. But um, I was, I had done a little research about vegetarianism. And on that part, I was pretty successful about just not the veganism. And nonetheless, this guy was talking about this research. And his son made a video called Forks Over Knives. And I watched this video and I was so impressed because it began to explain 
all the things that I had been doing, which is why it kept me from having a heart attack as, as big as I was, 240 something pounds. It talked about how eating fruits and vegetables, there are things in the fruit and vegetables, when you eat fruit and vegetables that are actually reparative to the arteries in your body. So fats and uh, unhealthy food breaks down your arteries. That's why you see people who are so overweight is because of the eating you know, terrible foods. And those are the ones with the triple bypasses, quadruple bypasses. But people who eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, those fresh fruits and vegetables, physiologically, this is fact, they transform and heal the arteries. So what was happening is I was combating all that junk food I was eating with the fruits and vegetables. Thank you, Jesus. That was something I always did. We only ate brown rice. We only ate whole wheat pasta, fruits and vegetables. We did eat a lot of junk food in addition to that, but that was what was saving me. So I began to really think about this and I did research about sugar and found that sugar was more addictive than crack. Go figure, right? I began to find out about these studies that the government had done um, where people, where these, uh, I guess it was farmers, I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was a group of like farmers. Some person did this big report and the Food and Drug Administration uh, shut it down because the big business uh, people who were farming sugar didn't want to lose their money so this big report that this person was going to write and send out to the public and say that sugar was the culprit for all this overweight, you know, problems, all of these overweight people and obesity in America, they made him uh, basically by threatening him, you know, monetarily and his reputation. They changed this whole report and said, fat is the culprit. Eat low fat and lower calories and you're going to be, you know, thin. And if you were a kid in the 90s or a young adult in the 90s, then you know I did all the diet sodas. You know, when I started drinking soda again, I did all the diet sodas and I did the snack wells. Maybe you remember those lower fat, but they upped the sugar. And I found a, a study where these lab rats were made, they were put on a drug, crack cocaine. And they became addicted as any lab rat or any person would once they try it. And the scientists gave them a choice between the drug, crack cocaine, and sugar water. Guess which one the rats chose. You know where I'm going with this, so I might as well just tell you. The sugar water. Sugar is more addictive than crack. And it's poison to our bodies. So as I began to find out all these things and I started learning about it and learning about the chemicals in our food and all the additives and preservatives and how if they're making the animals fat because, you know, big agribusiness wants the animals to plump up quicker. And it, it's good money if that's in their body and we're eating that then it's going to make us get fatter. Doesn't it make sense? So I decided, and this was only by the Lord, the Lord because... You know, who would have brought me along this idea? Who would have made me think about this? For 24 years or 22 years, I was overweight, thinking the old way. But it was the Lord, because he wanted me to be healthy. Healthy and live a long life. And our body is a holy temple. That's what the word says. So the Lord knew I had been idolizing food. And when I say idolizing it, I mean I was making it an idol before God. Instead of going to the Lord for help. I would go to food for help. It was like my old friend. It was literally like my old friend. I would get upset or something would happen and I would go get that food and I would feel like I, I had somebody to talk to almost like it was my friend and I mean that. And maybe you don't think of it that way or maybe you do secretly. But I'm hoping this is gonna touch your heart here today. So to continue on, I made a decision one day really wasn't even the most conscious decision. It really wasn't. I wasn't deciding to lose weight. I decided I need to be healthier. I need to do better. 
So I said, I'm gonna start eating organic food. Once I started doing the research about the pesticides and all of the additives and the chemicals in the food and what they can do to our bodies, I said, okay, I'm gonna start eating organic. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how, but I said, I'm gonna do this. So every choice I make, I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm gonna make healthy choices. I'm gonna eat fruits and vegetables. I'm gonna eat organic meat. I'm gonna eat you know, organic chocolate if I want chocolate. I never, I always knew dieting was not the key. So I wasn't gonna say, I'm not gonna eat candy or chocolate because if you know me, you know I like sweets. But I just thought, well, I'll eat the organic ones and that will be better. I'll eat natural sugars like maple syrup um, or uh, date paste. You know, you can use dates and things that are sweetened with fruit, natural sugars, not white processed table sugar. That stuff is poison. And anyway, and of course, if you don't know, do a little research, it feeds cancer cells, white table sugar does. I don't care what people say, well, I don't eat that much. It literally feeds cancer cells. And that's where some of the things I began researching as well. So every day I decided to make that decision, literally day by day by day. And I wasn't paying attention, I was just feeling really good because I had been feeling really old and I mean, I know you might laugh because you know people say they feel old, but I mean, my bones were aching. Sometimes my hips would ache. Uh, my knees sometimes would hurt. I would just feel achy in my joints. And um, I've been a teacher for the past eight years and I worked from home. My students all live uh, in Korea. So, you know, I'm in front of my computer. I would be in front of my computer most of the day and I wouldn't really be moving around. And boy, my body would be achy and I would just feel like I was, you know, like way older. And so I started feeling better when I wasn't eating the white sugar. And, and if I did have a little white sugar, it would be like a tiny bit in an organic chocolate bar because I really liked chocolate, I still do. And I would buy these, this is not an endorsement, but I would buy the green and black, they call them green and black chocolate bars, that's the brand. And um, they had organic cane sugar. It's not much better, but I thought at the time it was better because it was at least organic. And um, I would eat the dark chocolate because it would be this deep, satisfying chocolate, but it wasn't so sweet. It had less sugar in it. And every day I made the decision. And that Christmas, I bought this coat. I bought this, was it Calvin Klein? I don't remember. It was, I think it was Calvin Klein. I don't know, but I remember absolutely loving this coat. I saw it at the store. I saw it at Macy's. I found it online. I thought this coat was beautiful, but it only went up to a size 16. And at that point, you know, I was like, I had, I had lost a little bit of weight, but I just kind of chalked that up to my usual up and down. I had been a size 22, 24, and I'd gone down to a 16 or I was hoping 16 when I bought this coat. So I literally bought it, I got it online, and I could just squeeze into this winter coat. I loved this coat. And if you ever look on my Facebook page, you'll see a picture of me in this coat, um, a random picture, it had fur around the collar. I thought it was a beautiful coat. And um, so I could just get into this coat. It was a little bit snug, but boy, that was the high, biggest size they had. And that was my coat I wanted. So I got it for a really great deal. I loved it, it was warm. And my daughter, you know, a couple months later, started saying to me, mom, the coat's starting to look sloppy on you. And I said, what do you mean? How can the coat look sloppy? And she'd say, because it looks too big. And I remember saying and thinking, oh, you're so sweet, bless your heart. You just love me. You're trying to make me feel, you know, feel good. You're trying to tell me I'm losing weight. And I would say, no, don't, thank you. You know, it's just in your mind. I'm not losing weight. And I remember one day looking in the mirror saying, the coat does look sloppy on me. My clothes are starting to look like they're falling off of me, like they're hanging off of me. I literally didn't even realize it. It came from making one decision at a time. Today, I'm, this day, this moment, I'm gonna eat something healthy. This moment, I'm gonna eat something healthy. This moment, I'm gonna eat something healthy. I mean, it was a day-to-day, moment-by-moment thing. The Holy Spirit brought me to this place. The weight fell off, fell off. I had gone, 
you know, fast forward a few months later when I realized how much weight I lost. I had gone from a size 22, 24 down to a size 6 dress size. I had no idea. I really had no idea. Everything I was wearing had been so big and I decided, well, it's starting to look sloppy. I need to buy something else. I went to the store and I tried on a size 6 dress and it fit. Next time I went to the store, my daughter kept saying, Mom, I think you're a size 4. I don't think you're a size 6. I think you're a size 4. I hear the Lord saying, you need to try on a 4. I tried on the 4. I was ecstatic. Now, it wasn't because I was thin. It was because I was healthy. And I praise God because he had to really show me it wasn't about being thin. I had become happy with the way I had become happy with the way I looked while I was overweight. And that was a breakthrough from God. There was a point in my life when I realized that I thought beautiful meant thin. And I realized that while I was overweight. I realized how I would look at the overweight women and the overweight men and I would, you know, look at them with disgust when I was thin. And I would look at them like, you know, don't they have self-control? Because I had never been in that place. And then when I was there, I realized how much compassion I had lacked, how much understanding I had lacked, and how wrong my thinking was. So at a certain point, while I was overweight, I began to say, you know, be what size you are and love the skin you're in. But don't mistake and think that it's healthy to be overweight. You're beautiful no matter what size you are. And I'm telling you that right now. That is the truth. You're beautiful whether you're a size 26, 36, or 6. You are beautiful. Love the skin you're in. But make no mistake, it is not healthy to be overweight. I know that's not popular. When we have this, you know, people say, they use the word fat shaming and all this stuff. I'm sorry. I was overweight for 22 years. It is not healthy. Your body doesn't feel good. And there's a reason for that. It will kill you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So I had already come to the conclusion that I was beautiful no matter what size I was. So God had to take me out of that old stinking thinking. Some people call it stinking thinking, thinking that thin meant beautiful. So then I was able to handle when I finally did lose the weight. It wasn't about beauty. It was only about health. So, you know, I've got some more pounds that I want to lose. I checked myself on the scale not too long ago and I'd lost another 10 pounds. I was, no, another 20 pounds actually. I was pretty excited about that. And it's because I'm over, you know, I had been overweight and I'm still on the upside. And you say to, you say to yourself, size four is overweight. Well, I'm short, you know, I don't have a big frame. So I need to be healthy. And the way I look at it is, as long as I'm eating healthy and I'm exercising, whatever size I end up is the size I end up. But if I'm making the right choices for my health, my body's going to naturally regulate itself. And it did while I was eating the organic food. I lost 70 pounds and I never even exercised. Not even once. It was complete, completely all about my diet. All about my diet. The Holy Spirit did it. The Lord did it in my life. So I come all the way through that story. I hope it really resonated with you. And I know there's some people out there who, you know, can relate to where I came from. And maybe you are where I am now. And maybe you're trying to adjust the way you're thinking. Or maybe you're struggling still. Maybe you lost weight, but you're struggling emotionally. or You're struggling with the thinking. Thin is not beautiful. Thin is simply thin. Overweight is not ugly. Overweight is simply overweight. That's it. And neither means that you're healthy. Healthy is about taking good care of your body. We all need exercise. We all do. It actually makes our brain function more appropriately. It makes our brain function at a higher, what's the word? I don't know if I'm, I can't find the right word, but it makes our brain more activity. Physical activity actually makes our brain healthier. There's a doctor that I began to read about, and his name is Dr. Braverman. You can look it up. I don't remember his first name. I think it's Mike, 
but nonetheless, his name is Dr. Braverman. And he was on Pastor Benny Hinn's show called This Is Your Day. So if you look it up, Dr. Braverman, Pastor Benny Hinn, then you'll find his segment. He's written all these books. And the thing is, he began to show people how to reverse the signs of aging. And it had to do with exercise and brain function. And there's a whole lot more that I can't really describe. And I didn't do all the research, but you can do it if you want to. And exercise is a necessity in all of our lives. Eating healthy is a necessity. I know it tastes good. That chocolate ice cream tastes so good. But there's a way to have a healthy one without the white sugar. You can use natural sweeteners. I don't use agave. Agave, they say, is good, but I don't, I don't trust agave. I use maple syrup. Um, I have used coconut sugar in the past. I'm not sure you know, what I think about it right now. I have to do a little more research. That was the first sweetener I used, but definitely maple syrup. It's pure. It's natural. I use organic. And the other thing is just natural fruits. Let me tell you something. Golden raisins sweeten things up like I never knew they did. All those years I didn't eat golden raisins. When I found them again, I thought, what? You can use them in a smoothie to sweeten it. We would run out of maple syrup and I didn't want to pay the $27 for, you know, a little quart or not even a quart, whatever the 36 ounces or 54 ounces. I can't remember what size we usually get. I call it liquid gold because it goes so fast or it can go so fast and it's so expensive, but we still buy it because it keeps me from going out to get that candy bar at Wawa or donuts. Because don't get me wrong, sometimes I get to have those days too uh, where I want them or where I eat them. And um, anyway, we, we use the raisins when we run out of maple syrup one day, my daughter did. And she said, mom, taste this. It was great. So you can use raisins, golden raisins. I don't recommend the dark ones because they have a different flavor, but the golden raisins have a light, bright, sweet flavor. And you might like the dark, the black raisins. You know, try it, see what you like, but use fruit to sweeten things. You know, you can make ice cream with whole milk. I believe in eating whole fat things, things that are not changed, just exactly the way they come from the earth. You know, I, I drink whole milk. That's the way it comes out of the cow. And if I can find it, I find the non-homogenized organic whole milk from grass-fed cows. It's expensive, but that stuff is rich and you don't eat, drink as much. I grew up loving milk. I could drink a gallon of milk a day. But now, if I drink like two cups, I'm over full. I can't even eat anymore for the day. So it's really rich, but it's really good and it's healthy for you. So use that put it in the freezer, in ice cube trays, put that inside your blender. If you have a good blender, like a Vitamix or something like that, put a little maple syrup in it or put some frozen bananas in it, some other fresh fruit, blend it up, make it the thick consistency. You've got yourself some ice cream. It's sweet, it's cold, and it's healthy. That's just a little idea. So I hope this has really helped somebody out there. The end of this is all this journey, all these years, I was looking for peace. And the only place I could get the peace was from Jesus Christ. I didn't know that, but now I do. So when I would go to that cookie or those Altoids or that, uh, you know, potato chips or that brownie or the ice cream for comfort, I was making it an idol before God. And the Bible tells us that we should not go a-whoring after other gods. When you read scripture and he talks about going a-whoring after other gods, it means that you're being intimate in the spirit with other gods. And that could be money, if you're worshiping money. Food, if you're worshiping food. It could be your children, if you're worshiping your children. How do you know that you're worshiping something? Do you put it before God? If you know you should discipline your child, but you just can't bear to look at little Timmy's face and you decide not to discipline him, but you know the Bible tells you that you're supposed to teach him the ways of God and you don't. You just made little Jimmy or little Timmy an idol. Food. I was doing it for years when I felt bad. Instead of going to Jesus, which the Bible told me, instead of letting the Holy Spirit comfort me, I would let the food comfort me. It was my friend. 
He was my friend and it had been my friend for a long time. I made it an idol. I went a whoring after this other God. Maybe it's money for you. You use money and it makes you feel important and you use it, you worship it, you'll do anything for it. You know, um, you are afraid to lose it. You don't want anything to come between you and your money. Well, you're worshiping money, my friend. Don't get me wrong. We all need money. The Bible says that money solves all things. But it also says the love of money is the root of evil. So if you need money, well, hey, welcome to the real world. We all need money. Everybody needs money. Even Jesus paid his taxes. You can read it in scripture. He used money and gave it to the tax collectors. He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. We're responsible for that. So living in this world, we have to pay bills. We need money to work. I mean, we need money to live. That's just the truth. You can't buy food with your smile. So that's not the issue here. There's nothing wrong with being rich, wealthy. There's nothing wrong with those things. What's wrong is when you make money an idol, when you'll do anything for it and you put it before God. That's where the problem is. Anything, my friends, that you put before God makes it an idol. And God calls that going a whoring after other gods. And what did he do with the children of Israel when they went a whoring after other gods? He cut them off. He punished them. And of course, Moses, you know, prayed and interceded on their behalf. And the Lord said, okay, you know, Moses worshiped the Lord and, 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 and talked to him. And, and he interceded and he said, okay, I'll start a new covenant. And you go back and you, you do the research yourself. You read in scriptures. I want to say that's in Deuteronomy or Exodus. This is when he was on the mountain. The people made a golden calf. They said, we don't know what happened to Moses. And, you know, Moses had been gone, I want to say, at that point for 40 days. And, um, you know, Aaron said, give me all your jewelry. And they made a golden calf and they worshiped this thing. And they went a whoring after other gods. And God was angry. And he told Moses at that point, go back down the mountain. Those people there, you know, they made a golden calf and they're worshiping this thing. And um, so when you read the story, you're going to see that Moses had to intervene for them so that God would continue to call them his people. That's serious. He gave us Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. He fulfilled the covenant. I thank God for that. We have Jesus who is the ultimate mediator. He is the ultimate sacrifice. He is the lamb. And there's nothing that can separate us if we are already his. But our choices can separate us. Our choices can. We have a choice to choose to walk away from the Lord. We can do that. Some people say you can't do it, but you can make a choice. You can make a choice. You read in the word where Jesus said it. He said, some of you will call unto me, Lord, Lord. And he'll say, you know, I don't know you. You know, away from me, you worker of iniquity. And the person would say, well, I, I cast out demons in your name and I did all these works in your name. They did. They did these things. But their heart was not with him. And when we go whoring after other gods, our heart is that God's, not our one true God's. It's really hard, I know, because I remember when I came to that realization, that was tough. I mean, I had been a Christian for 20 years, but I was going after this other God whenever trouble struck. So my friend, I want to pray with you because if you're going through this same thing, I want to encourage you and let you know that pray and ask the Lord to help you and deliver you. Make good choices and he'll strengthen you so that you can. Take it day by day. Don't worry if you mess up. Start again right then. Start again. Tomorrow's a new day. Right now is a new moment. Literally take it day by day. If I could lose 70 pounds and not exercise one moment of that time, and I literally wasn't even trying. I ate as much as I want. I learned to stop when I was full. You know, when I was satisfied, I would stop and then eat later. 
I was eating, you know, all of the fun things. Sometimes I had fried food, but I ate all healthy versions. I used healthy oils. And there's a lot more to teach you, and I'll share that with you in more podcasts. Excuse me. Um, But if that's you, take it a day at a time. Don't beat yourself up. Everybody has to start somewhere. I was 242 pounds. Maybe you're at that same place. Maybe you're 20 pounds lighter, but you know you're still overweight. Maybe you're 100 pounds over that. Maybe you're two, three, four hundred pounds over that. I mean, there are people out there who are walking around on death's door because they're so obese. Maybe that's you listening today. Everybody has to start somewhere, and there is hope for all of you. There is hope for you yet. The hope comes from Jesus Christ. He did it in me. How else can you explain the fact that I never even exercised one time? I didn't even know the weight was coming off. I mean, that weight flew off my body. I didn't even know. All I was doing was saying, I'm going to honor God with my body and I want to make healthy choices because God gave me this body. That's all I did. That was all I did. God did the work and he'll do it in you. So I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to come back to you with another podcast. Um, At this point, uh, I believe that podcast is going to be uh, once a week at this point, but I'm still figuring those things out. Um, I will have another podcast. Um, I will do another podcast uh, before that. Uh, announcing when exactly the podcasts are going to be and uh, when you can tune in. But you know, of course, these podcasts are going to be here forever for you to listen to, so you can listen to them anytime, share them with your friends. But uh, I'm going to uh, give you, you know, a little moment. This was my, my, you know, testimony, if you will, about how God delivered me from a food addiction, from idolatry of food. But there's more to share There's a lot more that God's done in my life, and there's more that he wants to do in your life. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Let's just take a moment to pray. Just bow your heads, and let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for each and every listener out there today. You are so mighty, Lord. I pray that you've touched every heart here today, everyone, wherever it is that they needed to be touched, that you've shown them where they've made idols in their own lives. Maybe they had no idea. Maybe they knew and they just needed a reminder. But Lord, I ask that you send your Holy Spirit to give each one of them strength, comfort each one of them where they are today. Give them the strength and the wisdom to move forward and to honor you with their whole heart. We thank you. And we promise to give you all the glory and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So friend, if you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, all that uh, is great, but I don't know Jesus. Well, you can always pray here today. And make Jesus your own personal savior. Not that Jesus is going to make you thin, but Jesus cares about your well-being. He cares about your health. He doesn't want you to die before your grandkids are born or die prematurely. He wants you healthy. He created you for a purpose, friend. So if that's you here today, you can just take a moment and pray this prayer with me. And you can ask Jesus to come into your heart. Maybe you want that peace and you're tired of the food being your help, but that's the only help you know. Maybe it's the only thing you know because that's all you've ever been taught or that's all that's ever seemed to work. That ice cream would kind of push down the feelings. That's how I felt. It would push down those feelings that were bubbling up. I was an expressive person, but not with those emotions. I don't even think I knew I had those emotions. So if that's you and you want a new start and you want peace, the peace that I'm telling you, the peace that you hear in my voice, the peace that you hear other people talk about when they talk about Jesus, or maybe you've never even heard it, but you just know there's got to be something to this. 
I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I want you to close your eyes and, and, and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I'm tired of being tired and I want you in my life because I want peace. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that through you my sins are forgiven. I give my life over to you today. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins, everything I've done in my life that was against you. I choose today to serve you for the rest of my life. Come into my heart, change me. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Friend, that's it. Simple. It's done. So if you pray that prayer with me today, congratulations and welcome to the kingdom of God. So I hope that you all have enjoyed this podcast. I've certainly enjoyed sharing with you. And as I learn more about uh, this, uh, about how to use these podcasts, forgive me for even having to say that, but as I learn more about it, I'm going to share with you more features and more things that you're able to do and other ways to connect with me because I want to hear from you and I want to hear what you think. I want to hear how it's touched your life. And at this point, we're going to go with good old Facebook or good old email. If you have a story or you want to tell me how this touched your life, I want you to send me an email. My email address, actually, I think Facebook might be easier. You can go to Facebook if you have a Facebook account and you can go to my Facebook page and it's literally my name, Michelle, that's spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Donatian is my last name. That's D like David, O, N like Nancy, N like Nancy, A, T like tomato, I, E, N like Nancy, Inc. I, short for incorporated. So if you put that in, Michelle Donatian, comma, Inc., put that into Facebook, you'll find me. But you have to put Michelle Donatian, Inc., because that's my, um, you know, that's my page. My personal page is just, you know, my name, Michelle Donatian, but um, Michelle Donatian Inc., you can like my page, you can put a comment, and let me know what you thought of the podcast. Share this podcast with your friends, and um, again, I'm going to be back, um, I'm going to be back today, actually, and uh, I'm going to do a very, very short podcast to tell everybody how often we're going to have the podcasts, and um, this has truly been enjoyable for me. I really hope it touched your lives, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as me. So thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Tune back in again.